What's up, everybody? Julian here. Jordan's out on an archaeologist trip. Today we have a great episode where we get to meet Jordan's longtime friend Chris inside of his own gym. Um, so you might hear a little bit of volume discrepancies, might be a little low and high in some places, but there's some really great content about the MMA scene and more about Chris as a person. Um, we really hope you find this very informative, and there is a little bit of profanity in here, um, so be aware of that. But with that being said, uh, we really thank you for the support once again and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Top Podcast. Today is going to be a very interesting one. We're in a new location and with somebody pretty cool. Uh, it's obviously your boy Jordan. What's up? It's Julian. I'm really excited for uh, what we have today because I know little to none besides what I see on TV of uh, this industry. Yeah, and so without further ado, let me introduce our special guest. It's going to be Chris Sunshine Williams. Say what's up. Am I am I the cool guy today? Because you both said the cool guy, and then you guys both talked, so I didn't know if that was me or if it was you guys. I'm going to assume it's me. Uh, yeah, for today, we'll we'll let you have that cool guy title. Sweet. Um, <laughs> and so just so that the everybody knows what we're talking about, we're going to be talking about basically the industry of mixed martial arts, you know, the competition of it, the practicing of it, all that good stuff. So, Chris, what is your background in mixed martial arts or MMA? I'm an entertainment capitalist. That's what I call MMA to me. Um, but I guess my background is I started in Taekwondo, which is... Uh, I mean, I guess originally a Korean martial art, it's more about kicking. You know, you just kick the crap out of everything and anything as many times as possible. Lots of different kicks, very technical. There's forms or poomsays or whatever. So I went through that for a really long time um, and then transferred over to wrestling, which is, I mean, I guess another martial art essentially. And I did a, I did wrestling for many years in high school and then tried it in college, got fat, um, did judo through Southern Oregon University with a very old gentleman who was like 85, but he was like an eighth degree judo black belt or something. Super, super BA, dude. That stands for badass. <laughs> <laughs> and we would just work foot sweeps and, and hip tosses and form the whole time. And then uh, I moved to Portland and started training jujitsu. And then everything just kind of fell together. You know, I did jujitsu, a little bit of like Cuban boxing, Dutch kickboxing. I mean, it all just Muay Thai. It all, blend, it all uh, blended together, you know, to create my style of mixed martial arts. Yeah, and I think that's basically the epitome of like when it's called an art, it's because it's just like more of a, it's not as, you know, very like black and white. There's like a, a lot of color and a lot of shading when it comes to like, you know, how you do this with your body. Yeah, it's not it's not cut and dry for sure. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm a boxer. You'll see that in MMA. You'll see some people who are just one thing or this and that. And that was like in the older days of MMA. And now it's like this new breed of, you know, the John Joneses. And, and, and basically John Jones set the tone. Like he was one of the first new guys that had everything. And then everyone below him, you know, we're all the new generation. So when you first kind of got into the scene um, and had all these backgrounds, what was one of the, you know, kind of more of the difficulties in kind of refining or learning where to place certain things when you first began your career? Uh, Jiu-jitsu, it was the hard, the hard part, man, because, well, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't the best at wrestling, but I just excelled at jiu-jitsu because I understood the fundamentals of grappling, but uh, couldn't always, like, you know, overpower somebody in something or keep a certain pace with somebody but I could outthink him, 
right? Jiu-jitsu is like chess, man. And a lot of people will just say, oh, let's just slam on each other and this and that, you know, that's not jiu-jitsu. You want to start slamming on somebody, you'll see, uh, you'll see how far that gets you, you know what I mean? So that was the hard part. And then definitely like evolving my striking from Taekwondo to a more mixed martial arts related striking because Taekwondo stance is very uh, like lateral, so to speak. I think that's the word I'm using, whatever. Um, so my, my feet were always pointed one way, but I could get my legs kicked out by someone who was a Muay Thai guy. But then a Muay Thai guy also, I mean, there's weaknesses to everybody. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. That makes total sense. And so basically it sounds like, you know, you had this very precarious journey and you end up in Portland and you kind of start your competitive mixed martial arts career. And I mean, obviously me and us in the room know how great it's been so far, but tell us about it a little bit. Oh, dude, it was a total trip. I was just like, I'm going to do this. I told my, my, she was my then garden then girlfriend, now fiance, whatever her name is. Her name's Marco, right? I was like, I'm gonna do this fighting thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it and I think I'm gonna freaking kill it. And she was like, all right. Like, you know, she's not gonna be like, no, you're a dumbass, don't do that. She's gonna support you because that's what people in relationships are supposed to do. And then before I knew it, I was like eight and zero as an amateur, which was like a lot. I mean, that's a lot of amateurs don't do that many. Some like do one or two and then go pro, then get their ass kicked. I wanted to make sure I had a lot of amateur fights and I fought tough amateur dudes. I went around and just like took every belt I could as an amateur in the entire like Pacific Northwest and then went pro. And it was, oh, it was ecstatic. Yeah, I, that's one of the things when uh, Jordan was kind of giving me the rundown. I know he came up and saw a couple fights, but it sounded you like you were like knocking out fights back to back in a very short time period. What's that like in like a kind of a training or like a mental space to do that many fights that quick? Um, you know, I think it's funny that like people reference Bruce Lee a lot, but a lot of people don't actually live that lifestyle. Like that dude, I mean, regardless of if he could fight or not or whatever, I don't care about that. But that dude lived the martial arts lifestyle. Like he lived near his gym or he lived in his gym or whatever. He eat, sleep, trained, all that was centered around the gym. And a lot of people will say they're about the gym, but they're not, right? They, they work, but then they work far away or something. Like if you want to, if you have to work, until you know it pays the bills then you make your work close to your gym you want to eat you better be eating at the gym or close to your gym you want to sleep you better live close to the gym i mean everything has to be centered around the gym and if it's not you have to make it work otherwise you're not going to really find that success me and my professor uh, fabiano have that same attitude and and i and i believe and he believes that's why my success has been so rampant in this last three years yeah i think that uh, dedication and just absolute unrelenting discipline of like you know work ethic and training makes a huge difference in any progression of any sort of skill or art form or anything like that so I think that's definitely one reason why you stood out another two Chris um, you have a very very special gift that not a lot of MMA fighters do have even if they're at the top of their career you have one of the most powerful personalities <laughs> that um, fighters like you know you've seen in any fighter so far how do you think that implements into your overall persona as well the gift of gab my friend the gift of gab or gift of jab jab gab whatever talking um, I always wanted to be a lawyer growing up I read uh, John Grisham or Gresham uh, all my life and I just love that stuff and I was like damn these lawyers just go on and on and on and they're so they're so witty and stuff and I didn't like to talk for a period of time, like a lot of people put me down as a kid. And I always told myself that if I had more confidence, I would just let it out and I wouldn't like, 
I wouldn't give a shit if someone was like, you sound stupid. Like, oh, bring it on, dude. I'll whoop your ass. Now I can. So I, <laughs> and now I actually am in the least amount of conflict in my life. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really funny to watch other fighters or personalities like in the, in the higher end of the field. And they have as much personality in their entire body as I do in like my small pinky toe, which has like no nail on it because it falls off all the time because I train every day. It's uh, it's interesting that you said you wanted to be a lawyer at one point because I could see you'd make a very interesting case on some things. What are some things that you find yourself just in a day-to-day life arguing and being on the winning side? Oh, uh, pretty much anything I do wrong, uh, I, I pretty much argue my way out of that until I'm right most of the time. And, and eventually, if I can, I can laugh my way out of it as well. Like, did you do that? Like, no, come on, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> or I just won't say anything. I'll just be like, come on. And just move on with it, right? And then my fiance is getting really good at being like, no, did you fucking do it? All right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I did. All right, you got me. And then it's like uncomfortable. And then I have to you know, do something nice for her, like pay for a pedicure or some shit. <laughs> so now, okay, so now we're going to roll this back into fighting. Do you see that, like, kind of committed, you know, not taking no for an answer, being beneficial in, like, training or just your regimen, just being able to, like, kind of push yourself through, you know, like, I'm going to be right or I'm going to be on top of this? Everything. It's it's in everything, man. It's in, it's in life. It's in my fighting. It's in my, you know, professional fighting career. It's in my gym. It's in my sponsors. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, even even if I get a no, it just motivates me even more, right? I mean, like, I can take a thousand no's, and that one yes is going to sustain me for another thousand no's. So, I mean, I just, you can't, you if you have that kind of weak personality where you're just going to give up after something, I mean, you might as well just go do it like a, I don't know, I, w- I don't want to talk crap on like a nine to five, but you might as well just go do something meaningless and maniacal or maniacal. <laughs> Zone out, dude. Go, go read a book. I don't know. Get some motivation. Seriously. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things where you have to have a lot of heart and gut, especially to, you know, because as a mixed martial artist and a professional one at that, like you are your own entrepreneur, like your business uh, stems from your body uh, in like a very major and like very almost direct way. So, you know, you have to have like that personality we talked about of, you know, presenting yourself in a certain way that's powerful that people, you know, feel impacted by and make an impression in that way. So um, where do you think, well, let me ask you this, Chris, um, being that you've trained and been around some of like, you know, some very successful fighters, do you think that you've gained certain things or picked up certain stuff from those guys? I would say that that's definitely uh, a plus in my factor for sure. Uh, But also at the same time, everyone makes their own path, right? Like nobody can get into the cage and fight for you. Nobody can write that email out to that sponsor to get you that money. You know what I mean? I mean, there there might be sponsors that come, you know, once in a blue moon that are like, hey, so-and-so said you're a badass fighter. I'm going to give you some cash or something, you know? And that's great, right? I mean, we all have something like that. We have things like that. Like on our birthday, it's called a gift for your birthday, right? But we don't get gifts every day, right? Life is not – well, life is a gift, but – Life doesn't give us gifts like that. So really, it's all on you, man. You're, you're the individual that does it. And, and don't let other people take credit for your work. Yeah, it's, a, it's one thing I never really thought about in the terms of sponsorships and the business of MMA. MMA is like seeking out sponsors. And they're not like, obviously, you see all these guys on TV that have all these sponsors. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Um, it's I don't really truly understand the business of MMA. Like, 
how these sponsors really, how do they connect with you? Like what is your relationship with them? I am very personal with all my sponsors. I know the owners of all the companies. I know them, I know their families. We're all close. I mean, we don't go out to brunch every day, but I know them, right? And I wanna be involved with them because their, their companies matter to me. And they're not just something that I put on my shorts or my banner because I want money. It's because I believe in their company and I think what they're doing is awesome, right? Some people are like, yeah, McDonald's, bring it on, million dollars, cash in. I'm like, all right, promote that, go for it, right? And a lot of these sponsors don't even know who they're getting sponsored by. They're just they're just talking with their pimps, which is like 99% of managers, right? They're just their pimp daddies that go out there and hustle them some money with some BS sales pitch about ROI, blah, 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 the most overused term in the world. ROI and, uh, oh gosh, he said another word that, I remember is like, oh, entrepreneur, right? Like nothing wrong with the word, but overused by so many people, right? Those words, dude, make up your own word. Not you, not against you, Jordan. I love you, you're beautiful, you're a beautiful person. That's yeah. why I say entertainment capitalist. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very important to like distinguish. I think one thing that you excelled at and me having the privilege, you're, you're one of my good buddies. So I've like, you know, I've seen the journey of like, you know, how you've stepped through things and how you've surmounted obstacles. Fat to fit. <laughs> no, seriously, and to this day, I still call him fat sometimes when, it, he, when he's getting a big head. It drives me insane. <laughs> But I think that's just a testament of, you know, like what the strong qualities or the desirable qualities are to be successful or, you know, just to be successful in a lot of things. You know, the ability to take no for an answer and be okay with people saying no to you. The ability of, you know, that discipline, that hard work and that just like absolute dedication and, uh, you know, being humble in the fact of, you know, you're always learning something and regardless of what situation you're in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. With that being said and kind of getting into the nitty gritty now, like we are aware that you're kind of in your fight camp or getting ready to fight. What is kind of your weekly, give us like a, just a day rundown of like a real heavy day training, getting ready. Five meals uh, prepped, 100% customized for me from a meal prep company called CI Lifestyle Meals by uh, two chefs, right? Two chefs that used to own restaurants or whatever and made a meal prep company that has like a different menu every day. I need variety, otherwise I lose my shit. And you need proper nutrition to stay in this game. What you are, what you eat. If you look at Jordan Burroughs, one of the best wrestlers in the, in the world, he says that all the time, you are what you eat. So that is like step one for my day. If I don't have those meals, my day is, is screwed. It doesn't matter what I did, it could be totally wasted. I could train seven times that day and it wouldn't do anything for me. Plus you don't wanna train seven times, that's stupid. A typical day looks like a, a good a good amount of coaching in the morning at my gym, followed by some some brief but intense training at uh, my home fighting gym in Portland. Then you know back to my gym, a little cool down, a little bit of stretching, you know, training and coaching some more. Then another a bit of a private session working on one of my specialties, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, wrestling, right back to training meanwhile all these meals are fit in there right lots of hydration you know back to coaching and that's and that's it man i mean it really consists of coaching training myself a little bit of free time which i'd probably spend you know on playing one game on the xbox and then and then back to uh, back to the real life yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like just the thing that I want to illustrate in what you just said is that, you know, you're around fighting in your fight camps 
almost every like there's not an hour where you don't like you know are like aren't thinking about it aren't doing it aren't coaching it in that sense so i mean it's an absolute dedication to basically getting ready for this fight and is this something that you know you have to mentally prepare for or is it something that you know it's best to rip the band-aid off and just go for it i just go for it i've just been going for it since i started dude there's no break the only break i took was like gosh in between like my amateur and pro debut in between my amateur end of my amateur career and beginning of my pro career i took like a very small window of a couple weeks off but i mean it's it's my life right I made this choice and I love it and there's not a day that goes by that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go friggin' sort, uh, you know, clothing in a clothing store. That's what I'm going to go do for the rest of my life. Like, no, you, you make that decision, you do it and, and there's, you don't look back, you know. And you talk about kind of entering into the pro circuit. Um, for those who don't know, it's like it's not like people just show up on the top stage. What? So tell us about that route to get to like the different uh, I guess levels, you levels yeah. of the pro There's stage. There's levels for sure. Different states have different requirements. And then on top of that, different states are, some states are easier, some states are harder. Like, you know, in, in Oregon, the Pacific Northwest, some of the toughest fighters in the world. And you see it because when they make it to the big show, they, they're top contenders, they're champions. I mean, they just kick everybody's ass and they don't go down without this nasty fight, right? So... I came up in the amateur circuit fighting in one of the oldest amateur promotions in the U.S. It's called the FCFF Full Contact Fighting Federation. I won multiple belts in multiple weight classes in that organization, then took belts from other organizations around the Pacific Northwest, then went professional and fought in other local shows. So I fought in Washington. I fought in Idaho. I fought in uh, Oregon and then Oklahoma. Now I'm fighting in South Dakota, right? But then all those were local, and then once you got to a certain point where you've kind of beat good names, right? Certain shows look at you and they go, ooh, that's a guy I like. And that's when I got the call to the big show. I Really, the big show, what I would call the NFL of MMA, which is Bellator. And now that's where I'm spending the rest of my professional career at, hopefully. Gotcha. And so, obviously, some of our listeners aren't as well-aversed to the kind of the hierarchical structure of MMA in the professional arena of MMA. So what's the difference between like Bellator and the UFC, for instance, that a lot of people would know? So the only difference really is the name, man. I mean, it's the same high caliber quality. The best fighters in the world are in these organizations, both of them, right? The only difference is the name. And uh, I mean, I would say maybe the pay structure and then their marketability. The UFC has been around longer and monopolizes the industry or tries to. And uh, the beauty of other companies like Bellator is it takes away that monopoly, that power, right? We don't want monopolies. Monopolies are bad. Unless you own the monopoly, then you can have it, right? Um, Bellator allows for sponsorships in your fight. You know, you can have it. You can have logos on your body. You can have them on your shorts. You can have them in your banner. You can talk about them on the TV. You can talk about them when they do their social media. I mean, social media is everything, right? That is not the case at the UFC. You do what you are told, quotation marks around that or you are gone, right? And if you deviate from the social norm, you are out, which I find hilarious in a sport where we literally fight other human beings for money, all right? We are fighting people for money. That is one of the craziest, oldest, sickest shit in the world. It's fucking dope. 
literally let us talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. You know what I mean? Let us promote whatever we want to promote. (laughs) So now you go from fight, you know, fighting other humans to in the stage you're at right now during your career, you're also training other humans to (sighs) fight other humans. What is that switch of pace been like to like being in it to being like, all right, you need to work on this or like you need to get to this stage. Right before I fight, I get into a mindset of I'm going to murder you and your family and it doesn't matter and you're not going to stop me. All right. And then I immediately get out of that and I go back to being a loving, you know, soon to be husband with a family and I have kids that come in here. I mean, the switch is night and day. Right. And then you go back to that and it's like, I'm going to. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Are you ready to learn takedowns today? You know what I mean? Like, it's really scary. But teaching other people is awesome because what I'm promoting is like uh, body confidence. Right. Self-confidence mental clarity i mean there's just so many benefits to training and being trained and training itself i mean it's just a double whammy effect they love it i love it i love when they love it i hate it when they don't love it you know what i mean it just breaks my heart when someone doesn't get it you know or doesn't want to get it like those are like you just don't want to teach people like that you don't even want to force it on them you know what i mean so there's just balance of it that's just highs and lows i feel like i'm bipolar man which i'm not i would know trust me Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you! Don't tell me what to do. You know, right, so, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, like, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you know, teaching is such a rewarding feeling, especially if you have students that are, regardless of what it is, you know, catching on and obviously making big strides. My question is, Chris, through that vacillation of training, coaching and all that leading up to a fight like you are now, what is it like to actually, you know, you're let's say it's the day before a fight or the day of a fight. What is that like? Like mentally? Yes. Because physically, you're like feeling amazing and you're feeling like shit because you just cut so much weight. Most people do. If they try to tell you they don't cut a lot of weight, they're just lying unless they're a heavyweight. You know what I mean? Heavyweights don't have to cut weight. They just put down the fork for a day. That's it. (laughs) Right? I mean, seriously, though, dude, they do. They put down the fork for a day and they make weight. If they're cutting as heavyweights, I mean, Jesus, that's crazy. Mentally, you're, you're thinking like a million different things. For me, I think nothing but positivity and pure rage positively pure rage i like that that sounds great like i'm fucking amazing and i'm gonna destroy you you know and then physically your body's like oh man we just didn't eat carbs for like a week oh my gosh that's spaghetti uh and then you're like oh it's all good no no it's not yes it is it's good then you go fight but this guy's not bipolar so (laughs) (laughs) so so now you're in this you know this positively pure rage phase is what we'll call it yes um when does it ever settle in like the atmosphere in like some are probably a little bit more hostile than others some you know you're kind of owning the crowd or maybe you're always owning the crowd in your case maybe the crowd's always against you i always assume that everybody is against me always when i'm at these things every single person and then when someone's nice i'm like fuck you what do you want <laughs> what oh hey man how you doing oh shit should have been nicer but no really that's my attitude jordan what would you describe uh chris's fights like that you've been to um well first just to talk on that point a little bit i have an interesting story so um I um, go to one of Chris's fights and I'm hanging out with him before the fight, the day of. <laughs> and before we get there to the actual like fight venue, um, he kind of like, and Chris is a guy that always jokes around, the, the, you know, isn't very like extraordinarily serious all the time. So before we leave, um, he like seriously, like he like comes and says like, hey guys, like before we go into this thing, um, 
not a lot of people like me. <laughs> so don't be surprised, you know. And so like that is like I feel like one thing that illustrates, you know, Chris being like a polarizing guy, it's easy to latch on and be like, dude, this guy's the man, or like I despise what this guy's about to the core. Um high hot or cold, that's it, dude. That's yeah, it. No exactly. You hate him or you love him. <laughs> Are you love to hate him? No, yeah. Or yeah. I don't yeah. care. Or you hate that you love him. I love him. <laughs> I love it all. Um, but one thing that I do remember is just like, uh, especially when his amateur career, I never got to see one of his pro. F- oh, actually, I did. Um, I remember just how quick, how quick he would like finish guys, and the fact of like you know submission. Like truly, I remember the last fight I went to. It was your, your pro fight um, in Portland, and uh, it was less than a minute. Like, literally less than a minute, and it was like, you know, Chris walked off unscathed, he choked this dude out, and it was just like, one of the, like, it was super climactic, he was the main card, waited all night, and then all of a sudden, he just, like, choked him out, and, like, yeah. what? It's like a big fuck you to the audience. Maybe that's why people don't like me, because they're like, they want to see me get hit and then win, and I'm like, I'm like, no, fuck you, I'm not going to get hit, I'm just going to win, and you're going you're gonna to party with me later. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to bring up the fact that normally I'm a very fun and not so serious guy and I totally had a meltdown before one fight because my uh, girlfriend, she was then girlfriend, right, made me uh, hash browns in the morning. And I like to have things organically, right? And these were like frozen hash browns. And I, to this day, I regret getting so mad about it. I was like, why the fuck did you get me frozen hash browns? And I was just losing it and everybody's like, calm down, Chris. And I was like, no, fuck this. And I'm throwing things and I'm like stomping around the house. I'm like, I got to fight today. I need my heart to get. It was nuts. Dude, it, yeah. So I'm glad that you didn't say that because now I get to tell the story the way I felt like it was. <laughs> and you don't say anything any worse than what I'm saying. No, absolutely. I mean, this guy becomes an absolute diva. It's like, awesome. Yeah. Like Bridezilla, just he knows how to kick people. And then I, and then I kill. And then I kill. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Chris, you've like, obviously this has been probably one of our most colorful podcasts, uh, especially in language (laughs) and just pure emotion. No, it's been great. Um, Like, I want to give you the like, you know, the greatest send off. I want to hear what you're about. If these listeners want to know more about Chris Sunshine Williams, tell them where they can get more of you. Oh, yeah. So it's going to end up being actually when you look me up, it won't be Chris Sunshine Williams because my name has been legally changed to Chris Sunshine uh, Lencioni. Sunshine is not legal. The Chris, it's, <laughs> look, if we're gonna get specific, it's Christopher Joseph Anthony Lencioni, all right? But when you look me up, it'll be Chris Sunshine Lencioni. You know, it's Chris, It's like at Chris underscore Sunshine underscore 145 on Instagram. And then, you know, type in my name on Facebook and it's Chris, no H, man. So that's really easy. There's not many C-R-I-S Chris's out there. And then I've got a Twitter. I talk shit on that. I think it's like Chris Sunshine something. Uh, look, check it out. You know, I got I got good shit I talk about. I got good sponsors. You'll like their stuff. I mean, even Ball Wash is one of my sponsors, right? That's like a men's product for your balls. I mean, the ladies like it too. It's all good. Everybody <laughs> likes my stuff. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, what about your gym? Oh yeah, you know that's great. You said that because we're sitting in it, and I forgot about it. Um, it's called Sunshine Athletics and Fabiano Scherner Jiu Jitsu. Because uh, that's my professor. That's a you know homage to him. Homage, homage. How do you say that word? Homage. Whatever. I didn't go to you school. Said both, so well, you know, I didn't go to school for wordsmith. All right, I went to school for criminal justice, and I got that degree. So, anyways, moving on. We're an affiliate for jujitsu, and then Sunshine Athletics is the program I've developed for kickboxing and kids, other stuff like that. 
Don't think. Don't read into it. It's a cool name. We're in Canby, Oregon. Get used to it. All right. Yeah, and uh, so everyone, you've obviously known now how to get a hold of Chris Sunshine Williams uh, as a send off. I want to thank you know the listeners and you personally, Chris, for you know getting on this podcast. You know, giving them a light to the MMA window that not a lot of people see. Um, other than that, Julian, what do you got? Yeah, this has been rad. I liked it a lot. I think you guys will like it a lot too. So make sure to follow Chris. Um, on his social media platforms, we're on pretty much every uh, platform to listen to your podcast, and we appreciate it. Except Pornhub, but listen to him for real. <laughs>